All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson, and this is just a short introduction to this episode and the next series of episodes or interviews that Steve and I do with some of the past Crown Council's People Choice Award winners. So each year, the Crown Council gathers at our annual event, but before we gather, we create a place where dental teams and dentists can nominate, uh, vote, and be recognized at our awards program. Uh, the, the annual event is a place where the membership can come together to recognize the best. And these next few episodes, we're going to dig into some of the stories of those award winners. So at the 2022 annual event, we had some award winners that we recognized, brought up on stage, told their stories. Well, we're going to dig in a little uh, to their stories and, and why they were nominated and then why the membership voted to recognize them on stage. So you're going to learn their history and a few of the things about best doctor to work for, young dentist of the year, most innovative practice, team of the year, and the list goes on. So hopefully you enjoy the next little series of episodes as we learn from the best in the business. And that's what we're strong believers in, the philosophy of copying genius, the Mentor of the Month podcast is a perfect place to do that. So just sit back, uh, learn, and listen from some of the best in the industry as they teach you what they've been doing. Welcome to the Mentor of the Month. Steve Anderson here, and I am delighted to have another one of our Crown Council Award winners, uh, Dr. Chelsea and Gabe Gonzalez from Albuquerque, New Mexico. <clears throat> and I do know how to spell Albuquerque. <laughs> One of the few people in America who does. So anyway, welcome both of you. Uh, I've, I've been very excited to do this. We've been involved for a long time and a huge fan of everything that the two of you have created. And we're going to take a few minutes to do a deep dive into what makes uh, someone the best practice to work for. And uh, that was the, <clears throat> the award uh, this year. And there's, I know that did not happen by accident. And the two of you have worked very, very hard to create a great culture of success in your practice. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. So uh, maybe for starters, you can take us, uh, take us back to the beginning. Uh, this is a great husband and wife team. Uh, I do not always say that about husband and wife teams. <laughs> and this is a great one. So maybe you can share with us uh, kind of how all this got started from the beginning, where the two of you met and how the practice got started. Give us, uh, give us the beginnings. Sure. Uh, so our dental practice, Academy Dental Care, uh, my uncle started it about 45 years ago. And, um, and I came to join him in 2010 to practice with him. And uh, what was neat about it is that my uncle was not very territorial and he was really interested in making sure that me, that I was successful as an associate and also um, helped me uh, or gave me the autonomy to manage the practice without actually being an owner. Wow. And so there are about five years of tough learning where I realized there's a lot of things that go into managing um, a practice that are, you know, skills that you're not taught in dental school. And, um, and there are some things that I'm good at and some things that I need help with. 
And so, uh, or our opportunities. And so um, my husband, Gabe, worked at Fidelity Investments and he was a um, manager of several offices in different states and um, mostly helped um, lead uh, different teams at Fidelity. And so when we decided to purchase the practice in 2014, I asked Gabe to join me and have it be um, a duo practice where we could work on it together. And that way we could take advantage of a lot of the skills that Gabe has. And I think that's one of our secrets of success is that um, you know, I can focus on the dentistry and then Gabe really focuses on implementing things and then also um, coaching the team. So um, he meets with team members and he definitely um, follows through on people's uh, development plans. And um, and then whenever we go to CE, he attends all CE. Yes, he does. So with enthusiasm. <laughs> he is not yeah. a- he yeah, is, he does not come begrudgingly. He leads the way. I've seen that. He does. So yeah. he it's kind of neat because he doesn't he doesn't have a background in dentistry. And he's almost like when he speaks to people, it's like he's a dentist because he's learned so much. But um, but he implements. And so he helps the team actually make changes and improve and follows through. So that's kind of a little the little gist of what we what we do together. So Gabe, did you, uh, did you just make that decision easily when the opportunity came along or was this a, hmm, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to put all the eggs in one income basket. What was your decision-making process? I love telling the story. When she first asked me to work together with her, I thought she was out of her mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I married you, but I did not decide to go into business with you. I get it. And so we talked about it for about a year. And then uh, once we decided to actually do it together, it was the best decision that we ever made because now it, really all of our dreams, all of our focus and all of our passion is in one spot. Yeah. And I think that's really unique for us. And so it um, helps create an environment for us to continue to grow. So it's great. So did you have any ground rules going into this business relationship? Because the business relationship is a little different than the marriage relationship. You, you, it sounds like you negotiated for a year, Chelsea. This may have been your longest negotiated <laughs> team member, right? Yeah, so did you have any ground rules? Kind of like, man, if we're going to do this together, then here's what we got to agree on the front end. Well, one thing. I want to say one thing. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of similar to having a family and like with your kids. And you, you, we both agree that we cannot argue in front of the team. Ah, so we support each other in front of the team. And then if there's any arguments, it's behind the scenes. Love so that's like probably our number one. <laughs> well, and Steve, you know, one of the things that's really important that I learned within probably like the first two or three days is keep the doctor busy. Oh. <laughs> keep them seeing patients, keep them that great customer experience. <laughs> so the nice thing is, is that we don't really see each other a whole lot during the day because she's and the other doctors are so busy. So idle, idle doctors can mess things up. Yeah, we, we do meddle in things. <laughs> That's <Love> very true. <laughs> so Gabe, from your standpoint, having managed, you know, several offices for Fidelity and, and, you know, you, you have got a whole background in business and management and the whole deal. You were a find. I mean, <clears throat> take the marriage piece out of it to have somebody with your capability and background to come in and manage the practice was just a gift. Uh, what did you find the same or different in terms of managing the dental practice that 
either you were <clears throat> prepared for it's like yeah same old stuff or things that you weren't prepared for so one of the things I thought was was really uh, great about moving into dentistry in this industry is really seeing that the no matter what you do, the widgets are different, but people are the same. So I started off in tourism, then I went to the financial services industry, dentistry. It's really about figuring out how to get people to come together to reach towards one goal. And when you're able to do that, it doesn't really matter as a leader what organization that you're really in, if you know how to do that well, and you know how to find the right people to help you get there. That's the most important thing of being a leader, I think. Yeah. And uh, you'd had some experience in that. So just a little different environment. Yeah. And then you also enjoy that the decisions that you make, you get to actually benefit from your own decisions, whereas you work for really large corporations. Yeah, yeah, and big corporations, you spend all of your time trying to influence people to make decisions that don't understand the widgets. And working in a small business and a really small organization, I mean, really, you can turn on a dime and, you know, really figure out how to make sure that you're making everything work after you make big decisions. So that's yeah. the thing I love about it the most. And, and there's only one person to blame. I know. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's the the good news and the bad news. If it doesn't work out, you have only one person. So uh, talk to me about creating a culture of success. So for a team to vote, you know, best doctor to work for, best practice, um, what do you specifically do that creates the right kind of work environment? I want specifics. Yeah. So, so I think, so I think the biggest thing, Steve, is that when you're trying to develop purpose, when you're trying to create a culture of success is you have to have a really good plan of what you're going to do from a leadership standpoint, a culture of success doesn't just come from uh, executing tasks. It comes from having specific strategies. And so the first strategy I think is so important is that you have to first learn how to be a leader. And it all starts with you. So you really have to plan on how you're going to to lead. So some of the things that we do from our standpoint is we like to do research. We like to read books. Um, You have to use proven strategies that are out there uh, in the marketplace to be able to execute um, all the goals that you want to do. And the, the Crown Council was really instrumental for us being able to figure out how to not create the wheel. The other thing is to make sure that you're connecting and networking with owners and managers and leaders in dentistry and outside of dentistry. Because once again, a lot of ideas can come from outside of the industry that you can bring into your own organization to have success. And then um, the next one is to make sure that you understand your purpose, because if you don't understand your purpose, how in the world is the team going to be able to do those same things and understand that same purpose. And so really the second thing for us is creating systems that support the vision and you have to be relentless in how you positively guide your teammates towards those principles. And then the last thing, which we all talk about so much is you got to hire a really good team. But what does that really mean for Chelsea and I, the big, the, the two most important things for us is making sure that you have team members that support your vision and who are coachable. Regardless of tenure or experience, you gotta have people that really believe in what you're doing. And sometimes, you know, 
talking talking about this from a management standpoint, like not every single person is always on the bus. So you got to help people get on the bus. And for those that don't want to be on the bus, you got to find other people that are a really good fit for your practice so that you have a cohesive team that can really execute those strategies that you want to do. So those three things, Steve, I think are the most important keys to our success in building that culture of success. Uh, specific, those are <clears throat> great points. I love the way you think, Gabe. You know that you're a very organized thinker. It's awesome. So what do you do, <clears throat> Gabe, from a management standpoint, uh, management skills? So there's, there's a lot of things that you do that you probably take for granted, but contribute to a healthy culture. Talk to me about like how often do you do team member reviews one-on-one? How often do you do that? So we have a team of uh, 25 here at Academy Dental Care. So my goal is to try to have a one-on-one for about 30 minutes with every employee, at least every month to two months. Okay. And within that time frame, it's not just me telling the employee, here are the three things that you need to do. It's really a collaboration and them sharing their successes and their challenges and together trying to figure out what they want to do. If you're a really good leader, a lot of times when you create the right uh, structure, the teammate actually does most of the talking at the one-on-one. So it's not just the manager saying, this is what you need to do, but the teammate really understanding what the expectations are. And they're really driving the conversation about what it takes to be successful or how to, you know, um, figure out how to move past challenges that they have uh, in the office. How did the two of you <clears throat> collaborate beyond just, you know, driving back and forth from work and sitting, sitting down at the dinner table? Do you guys ever set aside specific time to strategically talk about the practice? It's pretty much 24 constant. hours a day. It's constant. <laughs> yeah. I, Steve, I think this is the thing. I think that when you're really passionate about what you do, you have, you have fun doing the difficult work right? Everybody knows that sometimes the dentistry really is the easy part in the business and the people can be the challenging part. And for us, like we really care about the team and we have really, you know, a really clear identity of what we want to create here. And so for us, you know, we talk about it all the time because it's interesting to us and we love to figure out how to solve problems and how to make people be great at what they do. So, And we hold each other accountable. You know, he'll say today, I want you to talk to so-and-so and and these are the things you're going to, you know, aim to achieve with your conversation. And then he follows through and says, did you talk to her? (laughs) And I'm sure that there's some days when, when you go to him and say, there is somebody you need to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) Goes both ways, right? It does. Yeah. But I think Gabe, like what's really neat is that at the very beginning, he, like from the, I think the first day he said, okay, well, what's the vision? And I was like, I don't know, like you do great dentistry. And he's like, no, 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 no. It needs to be like really clearly defined vision. Yeah. And then he repeats it constantly. And then he always asks, you know, put people on spot, like what's the vision, what's the vision. And it's like very simple. You know, it has to be something that anybody could repeat and remember. It can't be too long. So our vision is to create the best patient experience, like very simple, yep. you know, and then there's a lot of things that fall into that. And he created pillars of, you know, of, um, what is it? 
principles of our practice. But the, the vision was the number one. And then the other thing he does is whenever he sits down with team members, we always go through the same three things. It's what are you doing to um, support the vision of the practice? What are you doing to be a great team member or teammate? And what are you doing to take care of the patients and provide excellent patient care? Those are the three things. And so it makes things really easy when you're talking to a team member, when you sit down with them, because they already know the three things that he's going to focus on and everything goes back to those three things. So, um, so there's really no way of like giving excuses for, you know, certain behavior because the behavior always has to fall into line with those three things. Those three. I love that <clears throat> simple formula. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Um, Chelsea switch gears real quick. Clinically, uh, tell us a little bit about your clinical journey and who your clinical mentors have been courses you've been to things that have made the biggest difference for you. Uh, wow. That's a good question. So, um, well, my biggest mentor to start was definitely my uncle, Dr. Gallagher. Mm -hmm. And what was really exciting when we worked together, now he works on days that I'm not working, but when we did work together at the same time was that we really, um, got excited about providing like really nice crown work. And so we would compare each other's x-rays and then we would, we'd be like, Oh, look at this gorgeous crown. And, And it made, um, I think made him more excited about dentistry too, and got him excited again. Um, but I think it also like created, like really created for me, like the foundation of what is the most important thing for me when I'm thinking about how I want the future of the practice to go is that, you know, I invite in, um, practitioners who also get excited about the same thing because we've learned over the years that that is just integral for um, all the the clinicians, hygienists included, and and dental assistants for all of us to really care about things being perfect. So um, that's the start of it. And then I've done a lot of Invisalign training and probably the biggest turning point in my career was when I did um, the Dr. Hornbrook um, live patient course with him. I mean, everything just took off after that. Cause, um, when I came back from that with my dental assistant, who's my right hand best friend, she, and I just, um, really took off with being able to, um, talk confidently to patients about treating, uh, you know, their aesthetic concerns with veneer work and doing like bigger cases. And, um, and I, I mean, I couldn't even believe it. They told us that we would be doing so many cases once we came back. And I, and you always hear that when you go to courses and you yep. think, okay, we'll see, but it is, it was so true. I couldn't believe it. It's the first time it was actually true with a, with a course. <laughs> so, so I think that was like, that was definitely the biggest turning point that really took my dentistry to the next level for sure. It's amazing when you get the education, then you see things differently. And that, you know, from as even subconsciously, you start, you look at patients differently, which then initiates new conversations that you didn't have before. Absolutely. That's where all that stuff, it shows up. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Let's talk real quick, specific things you've done. Uh, You guys are big fans of, of coaching. Gabe, you and I have talked about this before. You've had a tops coach that you've worked with. 
for several years. Tell us a little bit about the why behind that and, and the impact. I think the biggest thing about being able to have a plan for how you develop is that, uh, and I just had a conversation um, with one of our team members about this yesterday. So it's kind of funny you bring that up is that, you know, in dentistry or in any job, there's a lot of things that we do. Like I just asked them to repeat their job description and actually write it down bullet by bullet of all the things that they think they do really well. And when you look at the list, you realize these are all things that it's really easy to just have it be a job, to not do all these things to the best of your ability, you know, every day. And what we have found is that when you have a really good training program in place, and this is something that Tops helped us with, when you have purpose behind what you're doing, all the mundane things that can get to be, make the day really long, when you do them the right way, the day goes by really fast. And really the, the coolest thing is that when you try to wrap everything around being a great teammate, when you're talking about coaching and training in any capacity at all, is that really that teammate then has the ability to look at what they do and they bring joy to the people around them because they're going above and beyond for what they do. So it's not about staying in your department or only doing your set of tasks, but what can you constantly do to, go, to get one notch better than where you were before. And the funny thing is, is that even if somebody's kind of having a bad day and you have them come in for a one-on-one and you start asking them all the things that they think they do really well, I mean, you see them really perk up, mm-hmm. right? And you really focus on what people can do well and put them in position to do those things um, to the best of their ability. And for the things that they're weaker in or the things that they have challenges doing really well, you kind of create uh, an environment where that individual has a reason of why they're trying to do that stuff. And if it makes the people around them better, if it makes the jobs that people are doing around them better, then they have a sense of pride in what they do. So when we go back to that job description, Steve, and they have purpose or they have a reason for why they're trying to do those things really well, they tend to do it better. Love it. With all, Gabe, with all your business background, it would be easy for you to make the argument that you got to figure it out. You can, you know, you can do it on your own. So why did the two of you decide to make the investment in a coach? So this is the thing that I have learned. And I think this is one of those things in the Crown Council. I think you talk about this as the law of entropy. If you ever think as a leader that you have it figured out or you have your team where you want it, I guarantee you two weeks later, that can all unravel because of an interaction with a teammate or with a patient or with a challenge with the business. So the reason why coaches are so important is because they really help you stay focused to do the things that you say that you're going to do. And what I love about um, the TOPS team is the principles that have been reinforced in all of these practices around the country really make work easier And at the end of the day, have a positive impact on two people, the patients and on the teammates. And just like anything else, if you stop talking about it for 60 days, 90 days, this happens to me too. Sometimes I don't get to somebody for three or four months. You know what happens? I almost feel like, see, we got to start over again. And so the reason why I think a coach is important is they help you 
they collaborate with you to create goals, but then they hold you accountable to make sure that you're, that you're doing what you said you're going to do. And that's the only way that you can have a team that runs really well together is by that accountability. And that was the big thing that we noticed from them that, you know, I'm sure that anybody who, you know, is going to be hearing this, how many times have you gone to a conference, learned something, you came back, you're really excited, 60 days later, right. no one's talking about it. Yeah, you get get involved in the day-to-day running of the business and it's very easy to get wrapped back up in that without affecting the change that you intended to intended to make. I think you the had, tops yeah. um, coaching, what was really good for us was um, drawing the attention back onto the team. Mm-hmm. You know, before we were very focused on like, what can we do for the patients? Yeah. And then it was really interesting when we started the tops coaching, like how much it was focused on just ourselves and developing ourselves and developing ourselves to become the best version of ourselves so that we can be do, you know, provide great service for our patients. And I think when we started doing the tops coaching, it really brought the whole team together because everyone was working on themselves and potentially, you know, had to face things that you don't want to face. And then also, you know, we got to celebrate each other as well. And, um, and then through that, I think it really like gelled the team so that now this is the culture that the team wants to propagate and the team wants to continue. And it's no longer just up to us to create the culture. It's like the whole team is creating the culture. And so if you get, if you, if you don't always, you know, bat a hundred or whatever it's called, where you hire uh, it's a thousand, but we'll give you a hundred. thousand. <laughs> okay. You don't have to play baseball to refer to it. <laughs> so you don't always bat a thousand, but when you do, when you do make it, you know, or you don't, you don't, you don't hire the person that's the right fit. The whole team helps, um, you know, figure, like make it so that, uh, so that either that person falls into line and joins the culture or they don't. And it's not just us that are upholding the culture. So I think that's where, what we got that was huge when we did the tops culture or the tops training was, um, helping us like really focus on ourselves. And we continue that now. I mean, we do like right now, our team is training to hike the grand Canyon and every Sunday we all meet and not all of us, but the people who are going to be hiking, we meet on Sundays and we do these long hikes this weekend. We're doing a 12 and a half mile hike. Wow. And it's just really neat. Like where people are carving time out of their lives outside the office, even though we see each other so many hours of the day of the week, and we're still spending time with each other on the weekends because everybody loves each other. And we like spending time together and achieving things together. So that's just one example, but you, yeah. you invest a lot in your team. I mean, it just, I could go down the list over the years. Total immersion you've been to with your whole team, uh, the no more hygiene course, uh, the annual event repeatedly. Those are not insignificant investments. And a lot of those people, I mean, if we can talk frankly, a lot of those people that you invested in, they're not with you anymore. Mm-hmm. So how how do you justify the investment in your team? Cause you know, we hear it a lot. It's like, well, you know, I train them and then they leave. And so how do you justify that from a business standpoint? So I love this topic. The, the reason why I love this topic is because it, similar to like one of the books that we do for our book club for our team is we uh, read the energy bus. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it says is that our, so Chelsea and, and my journey 
you know, from now until we retire is we're driving this bus and we're delivering some amazing dentistry and doing it with a, with a great customer experience. And this is the thing where this bus that's going along this road, some people are getting on, some people are getting off, some people are with us the rest of the way, but whoever is with us at that point in time, we have to make sure that we're really all on the same page. It's, it's so important. And the biggest thing is that when you think about what we're doing, it's not, this journey is not just for us. It's for the teammates and it's for people in general. So this is going to sound kind of interesting, but even if we train somebody who decides to move to a different state, we give them a set of skills they can use like in their next job. And really being a leader is not about like, what is the ROI for me specifically of why I'm sending somebody to the annual event? But like, what am I giving to people that's going to be with them for um, the next job that they have, or retiring with us, or even how they handle things at home. And being able to, to help train and develop people is not just a, what can you do for me at my practice? It's what can you do to really build up people just in general? So you have to have that kind of mindset. Um, you know, for training and development. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but it, it also like helps um, kind of build like our reputation in the dental community as well. Yeah. I feel like people who've worked for us have, you know, have been able to share that once they have that experience, then they realize like how great it is, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so what I like is that I hear that when people interview for jobs here, I mean, we're getting like the best of the best. Yeah. And people who've heard about our office and they're like, well, I've heard it's a great place to work. I want to work there. You they know? talk. It's they really talk. neat. <laughs> so so it, it still benefits. It benefits us even if the team doesn't, doesn't say, but I do think like, and we've had that happen. I mean, pretty much, I mean, I'm sure everybody does, but sure. you, you right. invest in people and you know, and they leave a few months later and you just, you, it's the same thing. You just treat people well and you hope that, you know, comes back around in the end. And it always does. Yeah. So, uh, Gabe, one of the things you talked about is, you know, it really starts at the top, the leadership aspect, <clears throat> and that's a universal thing, both from the management of the practice and being the, the dentist in the practice. Um, Chelsea, you've been involved in a crown council mastermind group for how many years? Uh, maybe four or five years now. Gosh, yeah. probably four years. And uh, you've got an, you've got a, you are in an amazing group with a top-notch moderator. Uh, talk to us a little about <clears throat> the investment of time there. You're working in the practice all day. You you all have a family. We'll talk about that in a minute. So how do you justify that time of? you know, an hour, an hour and a half a month, plus you guys are getting together a couple times a year. What do you get out of that? What's the value of, of having a peer group, uh, a mastermind group like that? Well, what I like about it is that there's, these are our peers that are in different states and they're not necessarily in the same community that are potentially, you know, um, know us very well. And so you're, somewhat anonymous in a way. And so you can really share all of the challenges that you have. And a lot of the women in my group, mine is more of like, I guess, um, young moms who also own a practice. And so we're all moms for the most part, I think. And then we, um, we share like the struggles of what it's like to, to juggle it all. And, 
And a lot of times it's more business related than really even patient, but sometimes we even, you know, share good ideas that are clinical and it's just nice to be able to bounce ideas off of people and, and really understand that other people are facing similar challenges or have already been there before. And, and so it's, it's provides an opportunity that's like what you would get when you go to, let's say the annual event and you sit at a round table or when you go to a leadership, leadership Academy, but it's a more constant, um, you know, checking in. So you get, yeah, a lot of, out of, out of it. Plus the fact that when, when you meet with a group, you know, that often you meet every month, you're sharing best practices, sharing challenges over a period of time, they pretty much figure out who you are. There are not very many secrets. Yeah, that's true. And and they can give you some, some valuable feedback. So um, thank you for sharing that. Gabe, you mentioned getting uh, ideas and insight from outside the industry. What are your best resources for outside of dentistry ideas and input? So there's two things that um, have been the most beneficial to me. And I think the most recent one that I really have right now is um, the place where we live. Uh, there's a bunch of business owners that live in the same place that we do. So we kind of all meet at the same you know, patio. Our kids kind of go to the same school. And I mean, you'll have anything from people who are in construction to doctors to restaurant owners. Um, we have people that run IT companies. And it's great to be able to hear everything that kind of goes on. And really the stories are all the same. It's, it's so similar problems, right? <clears throat> yeah. And, and really it doesn't matter even the size. Um, so even if you have an organization that's 10 people or somebody who runs, you know, um, an organization has a thousand people, you know, really the things that they're working on are, are still the same. And similar to what she said, it's kind of nice because, you know, they're, they're not competitors. They're not, you know, doing the same thing in dentistry that we're doing. So it's easy to kind of have those frank conversations about like, Hey, if you had this happen, like, what would, you know, what would you do? Um, so that's one of them. And then the second one is uh, through like our marketing campaign. There's a, there's a uh, organization that's called Albuquerque business first, and it pulls um, a lot of uh, professionals from uh, Albuquerque and from Santa Fe, and they all go to these events and it's basically like, like a networking event. And it's a funny thing, like you get new patients from those, like you have um, other people that have helped us with our IT support. So uh, they're just really good connections to make. And I think um, now that I've been in dentistry, it's easy to just be in your own bubble. And when you start really networking with people around you, um, that really does a lot. Yeah, it really does a lot of things for for the business in general, because it really kind of gets the word out. And and at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, you know, um, enhance our brand and to make sure that's out there in the community for what we do for people. And that's one of the easiest ways to uh, communicate that message. Love it. If if you're going to go back looking over the history so far and First off, if you're talking to another dental couple that is considering working together, like the two of you considered for over a year before you did it, uh, what would you tell them to seriously consider before they make that decision? I think the biggest thing would be understanding what roles and responsibilities are really going to be, number one, 
and making sure that those two individuals um, find a way to execute their strengths and to partner with their spouse to help them in the places where they're weak. Chelsea and I are really lucky that we're the complete opposite um, in what we can really bring to the practice, both from personality type to uh, experience. And so I will ask Chelsea to do things for me because like, I'm just not good at doing those things or I ask her for advice. And the same thing for her, if there's something that she doesn't know how to do, we kind of bounce those things kind of back and forth. So we're kind of lucky that we're not kind of the same personality same. type. Yeah, that And that works as long as you value the difference and, and you play off of that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we like at the very beginning, we clearly outlined for the team as well that, you know, I'm going to be the person who ultimately makes the final decision on anything clinical Mm -hmm. and he makes the ultimate final decision on anything that's more HR related. And that way the team also understands how it goes as well so that they don't get confused about having these two leaders. Cause that can be confusing if you have. So they don't, so, so they don't, if they don't get the right answer from Gabe, they don't run to you, Chelsea. Uh, well, that, well that, that's where it's great. It that probably we, goes that, the other way around. That, that, that's great. <laughs> Living together really helps because like we're able to, you know, kind of, uh, de- you know, decompress from the day and kind of share what kind of happens. Debrief. Yeah, yeah. debrief. We're always on the same page when uh, we have to deliver the answer. So that's yeah. good. I love it. If you're going to, if you're going to map out a success path, you know, looking on everything <clears throat> that you have done, if you said, man, these, these things don't miss these things. I mean, these, these are must do's things that you got to do that will have a huge, huge impact on your culture, on your practice, on your overall success. What would those be for each of you? You guys get to formulate your answers independently. Then we're going to compare and see how many, how many of them are, are the same and how many are different. So well, I'm sure our answers are going to be similar, but why don't you go first and then I'll fill in what you've missed. Okay. So, so, so the biggest thing that I've learned in my career, Steve, um, is to make sure that you're open-minded and that you learn from others. Know who your A-team is. A-team, I mean, who's the, the, the consulting team that you're working for, the supply company that you use, um, anything having to do with legal, make sure that you know who your A-team is. And this is the biggest thing is you don't have to recreate the wheel. And that's what networking is for. You have to put your trust in organizations that know how to be successful, specifically in the dental industry. So Tops is a really good example of one. Kinwaters is another one that, uh, that we really use. Um, the other thing that I think outside of like just the general dentistry stuff is you have to be able to take calculated risks in business. They have to be well thought out and a lot of times where others are being conservative, there's a lot of opportunity where you can do that. So for us, a lot of that had to do during COVID, like most people were trying to figure out like, how do we cut back expenses? Chelsea and I were, were hiring an associate dentist without any work to do. We were building a new building. We were thinking about acquisitions. Like, you know, we saw opportunity where mo- maybe other people saw that they needed to be a little bit more conservative. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, Steve, is to make sure that you're laser focused in what your brand is in the marketplace for dentistry. You, you got to know that. And so to me, like 20% of being successful in that area is even knowing that there's such a thing as being in the marketplace. 
another 70% is effort and 10% is talent. So for us, you just have to make sure that you surround yourself with the Eagles. And when you do that, um, then you're really set up for success as long as you work really hard and you have a good plan in place. So for, for me, Excellent. those are the, the three things that I kind of see. Well, well put. All right, Chelsea, what else would you add? It's really good. Uh, mine, I took it totally differently. So um, I feel like one of our biz- biggest, uh, I think, turning points for the practice was having the tops coaching. So um, that was really, really good for us when we didn't have direction. And so it helped like just steer us in the right direction, helped us understand what was important to us and then something to build on, you know, and develop that. Um, so uh, we, I thought that one was big. Mm-hmm. And then another one um, that I feel like we've gotten so many good ideas from is the Leadership Academy. That's like just one of our favorite events That's our of the favorite. year. Yeah. We get the best ideas from there. So, um, <laughs> so I think like a lot of the really neat things about our practice, like just a little touch of special touches that we have um, for the team and for the patients has been, uh, we've gotten those ideas from the Leadership Academy. So that's been really great. And we're so happy that it's in person again. Yes, next week. Yes. So week. looking forward to that. <clears throat> we, were, we were so bummed when that wasn't going on. And then- the, the other thing I really like is, um, dental Intel. So, uh, we use dental Intel and, and dental Intel actually interviewed us because they said, we've never seen a practice that like uses it as much as you guys. Really? They they interviewed us because they're like, wow, like, what are you doing? We're like, we're just using the tool. So, um, and we're, and they've made some changes. So we haven't, we haven't been able to like, you know, get up to date with the latest changes in it, but, um, but we, our whole team uses it and everybody logs in pretty much every day and they all have their responsibilities. They draw on the information from dental Intel for their morning meeting and like everything ties in together. So, um, so that's been a really, really, really good tool for us to just see, like have a window into the practice and really understand, like you, you sometimes will say having like keeping score, like if you don't keep score, then like, how do you know if you're winning? Right. So yeah, we're winning because, <laughs> and we know it. <laughs> Look, well, well put. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to finish up. This is, you all both know, this is one of my favorite stories. <clears throat> and uh, just because so many beautiful things came together, but maybe you could just share uh, with everybody your, when you're uh, had one of your arrivals, one of the kids on the way and uh, had a few gaps to fill in the practice for maternity leave. And just, will you share with us? Cause that was a multifaceted deal. Um, just share with us real quickly that story. Cause I love that story. Sure. Uh, I think we were at the annual events right in mm-hmm. Las, Vegas. Las Vegas. And we ran into my um, mentor um, from my mastermind group, Jeanette Kern. Jeanette Kern's the moderator of the group. Yeah. Very, very well known in the dental community. So I was, I feel like very fortunate to know her and she, uh, we ran into her outside the elevator and I was, I don't even know, six months pregnant, but it was, it's, or less than that, even maybe five months pregnant, but I was, uh, it's our third. And so I was very pregnant. 
looking very pregnant. And, <laughs> and so we're riding the elevator with her and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't even know. I don't even have a plan. And, um, and then she suggested, she said, well, well, maybe I can help you. And I was like, oh my goodness, I am totally going to take you up on that. So, um, so anyway, it was really wonderful. Like she, uh, she agreed, she got her temporary license to practice in New Mexico, which was a huge feat. That's very yeah. difficult to do. Uh, cause it's the land of manana here. So it's sat on someone's desk <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then she came and it was really neat. Cause I told her, I said, you're going to just love our practice. Cause we're, we're implementing all the things that you preach. Yeah. And has <laughs> been, Jeanette has been a part of the tops and crown council culture for decades. So she, yeah. gets it. she lives it. So it was really neat. Cause, um, I, you know, it was also kind of scary to have someone come into your practice who yeah. is so good. And then for her to kind of see, you know, behind the scenes, really how things are going, where our opportunities, opportunities or points of opportunity are anyway, but, um, but we had to, we needed the help. So she came and worked for several weeks with our team and she, um, she got, she saw my patients. She did dentistry. She was part of all the team meetings. They, I think you guys were reading a book at the time, doing a book club. She participated in all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really neat. And, and it was, it's nice because she just has such a zest for life and she's got so much energy, positive energy. And it's good for our, our team to realize like, you know, the things that they're doing really well and and, um, and she provided some insight into what we could be developing and doing differently. So, uh, it meant a lot to us because I was able to stay home with our third baby, Jacob, for a little bit of time and, um, and know the practice was in good hands. All right. Was she easy to manage, Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, you know what the greatest thing about she this whole story Gabe. is? <laughs> is that, you know, because, because she already knew the skills, it was such a seamless thing. Oh, like yeah. the, the, the patients were like, Hey, she's great. Like no big deal. Yeah. And then the teammates were like, she's saying all the same things that we're working on. It was yep. totally seamless. And then at the end, then we did our debrief and I was like, I mean, how cool is it to have somebody who can go in and see everything from a different perspective than what you see. And so yeah. the things she shared with us were just awesome. And so we implemented all those things. Yeah. So it was great. I was a, uh... That was a beautiful thing and uh, <clears throat> was, uh, I know you consider her to now to be an extended member of your team and uh, it was a great thing. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your, your experience and your wisdom today <clears throat> and for all of your ongoing, you know, example, it's never done. You know that you, you all are great subscribers to that whole philosophy of continual improvement and never ending uh, you know, improvement and making it work. And thanks for leading the way in that area, being the best dentist to work for, being a top practice and a great practice to work for and uh, continuing to push the barriers and, and make it even better. So thank yeah. you for making it happen. Thanks, Steve. Uh -huh. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for being our, our mentors this month. Uh -huh. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together 
and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.